This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. For the best Ravens coverage. It's time for News from the Nest with Vinny and Haney. Sponsored by Hillside Lawn Service, the experienced lawn care specialists. 1057 The Fan. News from the Nest, Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, Nolan McGraw, other side of the glass, talking about the Ravens. That thrilling. 37-31 win over the Rams in overtime. John Harbaugh, after the game, talked about win number 10. Just a tremendous, amazing victory, and uh, congratulations to our players for making the plays when it had to be made, and also to the Rams. That's a really good football team. Sean had those guys ready to play. They played great football. Stafford, Donald, the defense, every one of their players played great football the whole game. It was a hard-fought win. I thought it was, too. I, I thought he had them very well prepared. I mean, they came out... Because he does the same. His first 15, you know, because he's got them scripted. They were going to attack. They they thought, from watching film, they thought they could run it on him. And that's what's going to be interesting, you know, when they play San Fran and Miami. Because all three of those guys all come from the same tree. So, they're all going to do similar type things. So, to me, that's good for the Ravens to see how people are going to attack them. But... I thought Sean McVay had them well-prepared. I thought their team played hard on both sides of the ball. And did they deserve to win as much as the Ravens? Absolutely. They have three winnable games coming up, starting with Washington on Sunday. Their season finale, L.A.'s, is against San Francisco. And San Francisco could be playing for the number one seed in the NFC, or they could have it wrapped up by then. We don't know yet. But the Ravens would beat San Fran, then they're going to have to play. But the Rams' point is they're looking like a team that could be very formidable at that back end because we'll get to the uh, playoff rankings coming up later in this hour. But San Francisco, Dallas, they're golden. Detroit's a little shaky at this point in time. Philly's been blown out two weeks in a row. But you talk about Minnesota, Green Bay, Seattle, that ilk, Atlanta. Rams are right up there with all of those teams, I would think. I think, uh, you know... They're playing extremely well and competitive and scoring 30 points on the top-rated defense. Back-to-back, one-and-two defense. They played well. Now, Tylen Wallace, he was the game-winning hero with that 76-yard punt return. Here's John Harbaugh explaining to the media after the win why number 16 got the rock in the first place. Well, he was our guy. That was already set. So he was, yeah, that was the, the pecking order, so to speak. And then the other person in there is Zay Flowers. He just felt like, oh, he deserves it. He's ready for that moment. Now, did you think he's going to take it back to the house? No. But I thought he'd catch it, you know, maybe make a guy miss. 
And you, and you know, you could see how tough it was to catch those punts out there. So another amazing event. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I would have felt more, and I bet you they did too. They had more confidence in probably Wallace than Flowers. I mean, he had just dropped two balls too. And he's, he catches them a lot too during, you know, training camp and all that. But he had never caught one in the NFL. And I would be trusting the dude that's been out there for four years in the NFL. So I I, I felt like – and he had – I felt like he was going to catch him. Right. Now, as Harbaugh said, did you think he was going 76 to the house? No. No. But catch it. When he got through that, like, first wave – and I figured they'd get him around the midfield. Right, and then, that's what know, I thought. Get, get in field goal range, and then Tucker walks it off. But, boy, when he busted out, it was gonzo. And Cordell made a good point earlier. Cordell Woodley, it seemed like it was happening in slow motion, the way it all kind of unfolded yeah. for him. And then Justice Hill gave him the getaway block at the end. He, he So that whole group, they did a hell of a job getting their blocks and getting their body in right position. So that was a uh, – I'll say this, Bob. That was a – Offense and defense, kind of, or offense and special teams bailing out the defense. Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Fed News for the Nash. John Harbaugh talks about number eight, Lamar Jackson, his performance yesterday. Lamar Jackson, who drove the offense, okay? I think guy stepped up and made plays, but his poise in the pocket. How about the offensive line? There were times when he had a lot of time back there in the pocket and could, could kind of search things out. And I, I give their coverage a lot of credit, too, but our guys runs around, scrambles, finds guys downfield. He's a very unique player, you know, and... And, and most of the time, it works out really great, just like any player. But he's he's one of a kind. You know, there's nobody like Lamar Jackson. I, I tell you, to me, the biggest play, Bob, the MVP play was third and 17 that, for the touchdown. That was that was the big one. That was the, You know, lot, not a lot of guys are going to make that play. And, and he did it. And that was, you know, help of the offensive line and his scrambling ability and his vision. And, and Zay Flowers running a nice route. So... I thought that was the biggest play of the game for him. And then hit Flowers with a two-point conversion. Yeah, and Hart said that he could have hit likely. But, I mean, Bob, I mean, because Flowers, the route, he runs that in and then out. He's like un, un – the quickness that he's got, uncoverable doing that. And plus, he trusts Zay Flowers. You know, I mean, Bob, how many times – Zay dropped two in a row. He still kept coming back to him. Yep. And here's uh, Harbaugh getting a little more in-depth into that uh, drive that resulted in a touchdown and a two-point conversion. The first option was the flat Isaiah. The, the first, and then Lamar held it. Uh, I mean, you know, it looked like he might have got it in there for the two-point in that one, but Lamar, you know, I guess he wanted to make sure, you know, and he's got so much poise. You know, the drive, the long yardage, I mean, the touchdown pass on the third and long, uh, that was an incredible throw, incredible catch. I mean, Zay making that grab like that on the run. And then uh, the two-point play, yeah, it's, uh, like you said, Lamar. 13 plays, 75 yards for the Ravens. There. Yeah. What would what, they do, like four minutes or something like that? 325. Yeah. And, and it was it was a hell of a drive. And it was a clutch drive, let me just say that. It was, it was when, if he didn't do it, all the callers would be calling in MF and Lamar today. Or if they would have lost, it would be MF in the defense who allowed the Rams to go down there in about a no minute doubt. and kick the game-time no field goal. Haversick, who had been uh, maybe looking like his job, was in peril. And here is Lamar Jackson talking about Tylen Wallace's punt return and the excitement that came with that. 
I was prepared to go back on the field. I thought it was going to be like a fair catch or something. Um, but, you know, people on the sideline, you have time. Tell him how you got time. I guess he heard it. And, man, he just he went crazy just now. That looked like a movie. Like, I was sitting in the locker room. Like, he just showed his butt. He just showed his tail. You know, he just showed off. And, man, that was just a spectacular return. That was crazy. Bob, like, if I'm Bashadi or if I'm any, you know, you're jumping up and down in anticipation. Then you see him going and then – and then, you know, you finally realize you're going to win the game. I mean, yeah, that was uh, – well, you heard uh, – Harb said that he ran down, you know, to jump, you know, to uh, celebrate with everybody. And then he said he's running down and he goes, oops. He said, I, I forgot to shake Sean McVay's hand. And then Sean waited for him and he ran back there and shook his hand. Yeah, Lamar waited to see if there were any flags on the field. Then <laughs> he joined the celebration and he saw everybody mob in the end zone. Ravens with 37-31. We'll talk more about that when we get to NFL lunch. Coming back, however, let's count some money. A little buy or sell fun. And then we're going to talk a little NFL Week 14, which isn't done yet. There's a doubleheader Monday Night Football. Chris Bumbaka returns to the program from USA Today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Are you buying? Great cash, homie. Or are you selling? I'm not going to buy into that crap. Penny and Amy. Sponsored by Window Nation. There's so much to love about the fall, especially the return of Window Nation's best offer of the year. Get two windows free for every two you buy. Plus, pay nothing for two years. Call 866-90NATION or online at windownation.com. 1057 Get in, Haney, 1057, the fan here on this Victory Monday. You want to get in, you can at 410-583-1057, WGK Law Hotline for all of us to enjoy your thoughts on the Ravens. Now 10-3 and three on the year. You want to pop off about a ton, a 700 mil. We can do that as well, but let's count our own money, shall we? First things first, buy or sell. Well, Bob, it says S&P NASDAQ muted as markets brace for inflation and the Fed. So, um... The Dow's up 62, S&P's up 3, NASDAQ is down 30, DraftKings up 62 cents, Under Armour's up to 812, 14 cents. Well, let's start with what you just mentioned there, Bob, Shohei Otani. The sweepstakes are over. He's finally joining a team. No surprise to see him join the Dodgers. I think a lot of people had that uh, as one of the top landing spots for him, but the price tag of $700 million, that was quite the surprise. Over $250 million more than the previous largest contract held by Mike Trout. But even still, looks like the Dodgers, or at least sounds like they're not done yet. They have needs in their starting rotation. John Heyman reporting that they're still very much in on the highly coveted Japanese pitcher Yamamoto, uh, who's projected to fetch roughly $300 million this offseason. Bob, are you buying or selling that the Dodgers could hand out Close to one billion in contracts this offseason. I'll buy it. Why not? They'll have to pay luxury tax and all the fun stuff that goes along with that. I'm assuming they'll start trimming some roster. Apparently, JD Martinez is going to be on his way out the door there in LA because you can't afford to pay every because Mookie Betts already has over 300 mil. Freddie Freeman makes a ton of dough. So yeah, somebody's going to be sacrificed. But to answer your question, I'll buy it. 
I'll buy that for a dollar. Who's their DH, Bob? Going to be Shohei Itani. No, I know, but who, who was? J.D. Martinez. Okay. Who's their first baseman? Freddie Freeman. Oh, he's not going anywhere. Let's go over to the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott uh, stepped up in Ramondre Stevenson's absence last Thursday. 140 total yards of offense in that Patriots win over Pittsburgh. Afterwards, he kind of joked about the performance, said, hey, I still got it. Don't write me off just yet. Uh, on the year, though, quietly racking up just shy of 500 yards, not too shabby if we're being honest, should get some more opportunities with Stevenson nursing an ankle sprain. Buy or sell, Vinny, Elliott will continue to make the most of his starter reps. I'll buy it, you know, because I, I think what he's been showing, they're going to keep feeding him the ball because he's playing pretty good right now. And they don't score a lot of points anyhow. And they need they need to be able to run the ball for Zappy to have any success. How about a little NBA here? The Lakers are the first ever in-season tournament champions in the inaugural in-season tournament. They took down the Pacers over the weekend. And it was interesting to see the post-game celebration. I don't know what I expected, but it sort of resembled a finals victory. The trophy being passed around, MVP being handed out. LeBron James was your MVP after dropping 24 points in the championship game. That's all well and good, but his teammate Anthony Davis scored 41 and had 20 rebounds to go with it. AD says there's no reason to feel snubbed. He's just happy to win, but I'll ask you, Bob, buy or sell, AD should have been the MVP. I'll buy that 100%, but being the team player that he is, he's not going to make the, the game doesn't even count in the standings. The other games did, that one didn't. The money's for real, for sure, and they get to keep the trophy until next year. But I would be more worried about AD being around in April playoff games than what he's doing here in early December. But he was brilliant on Saturday night. And congratulations to the Pacers for making it there from the East. Uh, how about back to the NFL? Many are projecting a lot of head coaching vacancies, at least more than usual this offseason. Recent history shows us that a lot of assistants with offensive backgrounds have been the trendy hires, but Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports, he's speculating that that could actually change here in the near future. He spoke with multiple coaches around the league, and it sounds like there's simply not enough offensive coaches ready to fill vacant jobs. OCs are already a high turnover position, especially compared to defensive coordinator. And you do have some defensive minds out there that are getting a lot of shine right now. Look no further than Mike McDonald here in Baltimore. But Vinny, are you buying or selling? We'll see more defensive coaches get head coaching jobs than offensive coaches. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell it because the NFL is about offense, about scoring points. And all these look at what does Carolina want? They want a young offensive guy. And all these teams that are picking high up in the draft if they're needing a coach and they're taking a quarterback, they're going to want an offensive guy. So I, I think the young offensive guy, look at the the Mike, when these owners watch Mike McDonald on uh, um, his press HBO, no, on the HBO, oh, McDaniel. Hard Knocks, McDaniel, or, yeah, yeah, McDaniel on the Hard Knocks and stuff, they're going to love him and they're going to say, I want that. So that that's what I think. I think it's going to be offensive young guys that get jobs and we'll close things out in baseball here the yankees missed the playoffs last year with an 82 win season they responded the only way they know how making a big offseason splash traded for juan soto uh, that keeps the attention the headlines on new york more than it already is 
And Brian Cashman, after getting that landmark deal done, said that New York should be viewed as the mecca of baseball. At least that's how he sees it. Maybe not as cool as the evil empire labels from years past, but Bob, are you buying or selling that the Yankees still have that kind of reputation despite a lack of postseason success? Sure, they're always going to have it. Just like Dallas has it. The Raiders have it. The Lakers have it. The Knicks, maybe to a lesser extent, since they haven't won a title in literally 50 years. I mean, they're one of those uh, historic brands that's never going to go away. And it goes to show you that they haven't won a World Series since 2009, right? Mm -hmm. That was uh, Teixeira's first year. I mean, the Orioles haven't even been in a World Series since 1983. But, yeah, the Yankees, their goal every single spring is to win the World Series. They haven't done it. And that's why Aaron Boone's uh, butt cheeks are probably going to be a little uh, a little tight here in 2024. Because if you look at the American League East right now, I'd pick them third at least, maybe even fourth. Yeah, behind uh, the Orioles and the Blue Jays and possibly Tampa. Orioles, Orioles... Um, they're going to be a lot higher rated than the Yankees. I mean, is uh, Boston even trying this offseason? Do we know what they're doing yet? Just letting guys go. Done. Letting guys walk. Well, good for them. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. When we come back, Chris Boombach is going to be joining us talk about the NFL controversy with the officiating yet again. Does something need to be done? This tush-push thing. I mean, Josh Allen, I believe, was literally shoved 10 yards into the end zone against Kansas City last night. Will that become an issue? And obviously, we'll talk about the play on the field. Chris with USA Today. We'll look at the updated NFL playoff standings. Two games tonight, which do have playoff import, like Miami trying to remain the number one seed in the AFC, Green Bay trying to get in the mix in the NFC, so stay tuned for that. NFL Lunch, we'll look back at our picks for this weekend, and of course, you're welcome to join us at 410-583-1057. Check back, three, four, five times a day for the latest breaking sports news, 105.7 The Fan. Dave Hitty, 1057 The Fan here on this Victory Monday for the Ravens anyway. 37-31 over the Rams. Tylen Wallace, as you heard during Nolan's update. 76-yard walk-off punt return touchdown as Baltimore survives. L.A. Ravens were 7.5-point favorites in that game. Matt Stafford was doing his best. Stafford last three games, 10 touchdowns, only one pick. But the win goes to Baltimore here to talk about that and bounce around a little bit. Week 14 NFL season wraps up tonight. Titans and Dolphins pack at the Giants from USA Today. He's on the WGK Law guest hotline. Let's welcome back to the show Chris Boombaka. Chris, good afternoon. What is up? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Always great to be on with you both. Hope you're doing well. Doing all right, dude. And we'll start with the the AFC North, and in particular, Joe Flacco and the Browns, and then Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, the Ravens won. All right, sucks for the Steelers. They lose on Thursday night past at New England. But who are you buying more right now, Chris, with backup quarterbacks, Cleveland or Cincy, making a realistic run to the playoffs? I'm going to take... Cincy just because of the of the skill position guys with Jamar Chase, and then you saw uh, Brown, the backup running back. You obviously still have Joe Mixon, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Bengals at least on the offensive side of the ball. Cleveland's defense is still really good, obviously, but uh, in the Flacco Browning debate, uh, I'm gonna go Browning, and that's not to diminish Joe. I know he's beloved in the in Baltimore, and it's uh, it's really exciting watching him do what he does. I, I got to see his uh, post-game interview yesterday, and the emotions that he was showing was pretty raw and pretty honest about being back out on the field 
taking advantage of this opportunity. That's super cool to see. Yeah, not only is he uh, beloved, he's elite. I nah, know we don't want to get into that debate oh, yeah. there, Chris Bumbaka. But oh, yeah. uh, on the flip side of things, division-wise, is the AFC North outside of Pittsburgh had a successful weekend. AFC South, and we're going to go ahead and guess that Miami's going to keep it miserable for Tennessee here. But what the hell's going on in that division right now? I mean, Jacksonville loses at Cleveland. Uh, Lawrence, okay, I know he's not... 100%, but he did throw three picks. How are we handicapping this thing in the final few weeks of the year? Yeah, it's going to be one of the divisions kind of like the NFC South in a way, uh, coincidentally enough, that it's uh, like who's trying to lose this division in a way? Who's trying to give it away? Uh, and, and that's what Jacksonville's doing right now. Respect the heck out of Trevor Lawrence for taking the field six days after what looked like a pretty serious ankle injury. Nobody's ever going to question his toughness, but – maybe they should have questioned his ability to take the field uh, on Sunday, right? Uh, he did not look great, and he was clearly hampered by that ankle. Um, I'm still going to take Jacksonville just because of the you know, complimentary football. The defense, I think, still has some pieces, even though that wasn't great yesterday either. Um, so I'm still going to stick with the, the Jags. I respect the heck out of what the Colts have done this season as well. Uh, Shane Steichen has proved that I think he could really coach in this league, doing it with a backup quarterback in, in Gardner Minshew, losing their rookie Anthony Richardson really early in the season. So um, I, I'm not going to count the Colts out completely, but I'm still going to take the Jags. Hey, Chris, there's what, five teams with seven and six records? I mean, the playoffs right now, these la- the last five games, it's going to be awesome. Who do you think is going to come out of that seven and six group? I'm going to definitely take the Denver Broncos. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be one of them for sure. And then I'm also going to go with the Buffalo bills. I think the bills are going to come on strong at the end here. Uh, You know, they, they're, I think they're going to start playing their best football, especially on the offensive side of of the ball. I think we're going to see Josh Allen's break in case, in case of emergency style, uh, you know, really emerge over the last month of the regular season here. Um, just to you know, get them to that seven seed, six seed, perhaps. But uh, I think that there's a path for them. It's it's not going to be easy, but uh, they're they're battle tested and and they can they've shown that they can win close games as they did yesterday in Kansas City. Uh, a nice win from there and a controversial one at that. Hey Chris, who do you think ends up with the number one seed, Miami or the Ravens? going to come down to New Year's Eve game, right? Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they flex that game to the to the night spot, too, to really well, close out Well, that's Green Bay, Minnesota is scheduled right now. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I have a feeling, though, that they might uh, switch that out if uh, Minnesota, Minnesota doesn't training. have a quarterback. Yeah, they get the eight yeah. first downs. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. So uh, that'll be interesting. I mean, for everybody else's uh, New Year's Eve plans, I hope that they keep it a 1 p.m. start. But uh, I'm going to take Baltimore. I think it's gonna it's gonna be an awesome game, kind of like what we saw yesterday. But um, I, I like the Ravens in that matchup uh, right now. Obviously, Miami has a chance to change my mind a little bit, seeing how they play tonight. And I think, you know, like Baltimore, I think Miami's defense maybe doesn't get as much credit uh, compared to you know the offensive side of the ball. I like what they do there. I know that they've had some injuries. Obviously, Jalen Phillips going out for the season yeah. during that Black Friday game, big blow for them uh, in terms of a pass rush. But um, I, I like Baltimore, and, you know, they're in the driver's seat. You know, guys, like I remember my whole bit with the Ravens this year is we're going to look up, and they're going to be 10-4, and four, and they're 10-3 and three right now. So, like, you know, I think that uh, – I didn't think that maybe they'd be in the contention for the one seed. I thought maybe somebody else would be 
super dominant like a Kansas City, like a Jacksonville, just within their own divisions that kind of gave them the upper hand, but it turned out to be Baltimore. Now, Chris, you know what? Miami kind of reminds me of Dallas. Both of them outstanding at home, and both would probably love to have the way they play at home. They definitely would want the number one seat. I just don't know how the Dolphins are going to play when they come up to Baltimore, and it's going to be if it's a night game in the 20s. Yeah, no, I think that's like a definite, a definite question mark that they have to answer. Um, same thing with Dallas, right? I think it was the first time that they didn't score 40 points at home in four games, but they still put up 33, so close enough, right? Um, I think Miami's going to have to find a way to, to marry that offensive explosion with the colder weather, and I think it's why that this stretch run is super important for them, right? Because, you know, having that one seed, you don't have to worry about that, and then you play the Super Bowl indoors. So, uh, in Vegas, I think that it's one of the reasons why, though, I, I'm going to go with the Ravens in the race for the number one seed. Are you surprised at how well Odell Beckham Jr. has been playing as of late? No, I'm not. I think Odell is a generational talent. And when his career is all said and done and we look back, you know, it's years from now at the, this time period in NFL history, you know, we'll say that Odell was really one of the transcendent players. And that's with two major ACL injuries. Who knows what could have been if he was able to stay completely healthy or only had one ACL injury, um, right? Because NFL players get hurt all the time. It's just part of the game. But uh, you know, watching him run those routes yesterday, he's wide open and he's doing it, you know, almost old school style. I, I, I was at the game a couple of weeks ago when he took that slant to the house and I felt like mm-hmm. I was in 2016 again, right. watching him do it for the Giants. I, you know, he's really turned back the clock. Him and Lamar's, um, you know, camaraderie is really improving throughout the season. That's something that Odell said yesterday was that you need those game reps, right? You can drill all you want in the offseason. You can go down to Florida and throw together, but you need the actual in-game plays to really figure out, you know, where the ball needs to be. And you saw him, right? Like a couple times he had a turnover his shoulder. He's saying that he ran the wrong routes. But, um, you know, when you're that wide open, I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, so, I, I mean, Odell is, you know, one of my favorite players to watch, has been forever. And, uh it doesn't really surprise me that he's doing it. And the Ravens really need him right now with, with Mark Andrews out. So, Use a Baltimore reference. He looked like Paul Blair tracking some of those balls yesterday. Chris Boombaka from USA Today talking to NFL. Chris, last thing for you. <clears throat> pardon me. Who's the shakier NFC team now that we're in the second week of December? Is it Detroit or is it Philadelphia? Oh, that's a really good question, honestly. I'm going to go with Detroit still. Um, just be uh, kind of based on pedigree, right? Like Eagles still have that experience. They have that veteran presence um, in their locker room that could probably rally things together. And I still would, even if they don't end up winning the NFC East, uh, which they still control their own destiny, by the way. So um, entirely possible that they do and hold off Dallas and, you know, have that home field advantage, at least in the first round or two of the playoffs. Um, you know, Detroit's loss yesterday is super concerning. They have struggled with the Bears twice now, and I love the Bears' defense. Um, you know, I really like what they're doing on that side of the ball there in Chicago, and they're playing with, you know, some passion, and it, for the Bears are for the first time in a while. But, you know, Detroit's just, you know, lack of, um, you know, urgency in some situations, and then almost you marry that with, like, over-urgency, right, the, the fourth down calls and, and, you know, just the inability to get a stop on defense. And that's not – saying that Philly's defense has been any better lately, 
but I'd still take the Philadelphia defense over the Detroit defense. Yeah, Campbell's hat looked like it was a little tight on his head yeah. after that game yesterday. Chris <laughs> Boombaca, USA Today. Appreciate your time as always. If we don't speak, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and the family, and hopefully we'll catch up soon here. Hey, happy holiday, guys. Thanks, Thanks so Chris. much for having me on. Yep. You got Chris Boombach, everybody. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 of the fan. If you want to join us, you can at 410 You want to vent? The Ravens won the game. If you want to vent, though, we're never fully satisfied with victory. We can go, why are you challenging this when it's already been challenged? And why are you calling timeouts with 12 seconds left and all of the fun stuff that goes along with it? And did Matthew Stafford expose the Ravens' defense as we're heading into the stretch run? of the NFL season. You want to get into that? We'll talk about Shohei's, uh, Tani's uh, $700 million contract. Anything on your mind, we're here from you. 410-583-1057. That's how you get in here. It's a victory Monday. Let's stress that. Until the Gold Club opens. Make it rain. Vinny and Haiti. Better grab an umbrella. 1057 The Fan. You know, you can practice it all you want, but until you see it in the game, you don't know um, how it's going to work out. But this is, this is why they gave him, you know, paid him the big bucks. He's, he's very special. And just starting to find and figure him out will be a, a dangerous team. So now Beckham Jr. talking about his growing relationship with Lamar Jackson. Odell targeted 10 times yesterday, four receptions including a 46-yard touchdown as he made a nice adjustment on the ball, said he ran the wrong route. He looked pretty wide open for a guy running the wrong route, a little bit underthrown, and he had to make the adjustment to catch it. Same with the first reception as well, where he was wide open. And yet Isaiah likely on his touchdown was wide open too. So, Vinny, there's three instances where the Rams, I don't know what happened there, but some communication problems themselves in the secondary. Well, I I think, you know, the Odell one where he got the touchdown, Bob, I mean – if you study the tape of the Ravens and Odell throughout the year and you're fuller to safety, you see you see Odell running the slant 100% of the time. There was never a slant and go. And it wasn't a and Bob and this one wasn't a slant and go, but he jumped it so hard that Odell said screw it and he just took off hoping that Lamar would see it and I think that's why Lamar made such a bad pass cuz like He's getting ready to throw the slant, and then it's like, oh, right. then I got a shot, put it out there, and then he laid it out there, and, and uh, it ended up being a hell of a play and a good adjustment because otherwise it's probably a pick if he throws that. Now what happened on the likely touchdown because he was running out there all no, by that himself was a, That was a miscommunication because they run double post, the two receivers done, and he runs an out and up. And everybody goes with the two inside guys. And he's, you see him, he's waving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a pitch and catch right there for sure. But he made a nice run after. Oh, no doubt. And the Ravens had their own issues defensively, which we'll get to in the next hour. If you want to join us, you can. 410-583-1057. Vinny Haney and Nolan. It is our victory Monday. Let's stress that. 10-3 and are the Ravens. David in Baltimore. David, what's happening? How you doing? Hi, how you doing? Uh, I wanted to just talk about uh, somebody said that did Stafford expose a hole in the uh, Ravens' defense? It, it seems to be the same hole that's been there for several games. Uh, he wasn't the first person to come and uh, throw the ball. I mean, evidently we have no defense in the middle of the field. I don't know if it's our linebackers are not getting back or what is, but 
Right now, it looks like uh, in the middle. How you doing? Uh, I wanted to just talk about. Oh, there he goes on his radio there. Uh, of course, I appreciate the call. Talking about, I guess, the Ravens have some issues protecting the middle of the field. We've seen some tight ends have some uh, big mm-hmm. moments. But mm-hmm. look like as L.A. and the Ravens got into that exchanging blows part of the game in the second half, Marlon Humphrey was the guy they were taking advantage of. Yeah. Trying to. They, anyway. they went after Humphrey and Millette. They went after too. And then like on some of that bunch stuff, I think Stone was late. Because you got you got the bunch. You got three guys and then you got three defenders and then they're crisscrossing and doing all that and you're picking each other. So they do a very nice job and they've been working together for a while. So they're very good at it. So those things uh, are rather difficult. And as much as you want to practice it, you know, like Odell said, practice ain't like the games. Sure, you got to have game practice to to be really efficient at it. And now they're lucky that they won the game, Bob. Defensively, they're lucky they won the game. And now they've got Dolphins and Niners that are basically the same coordinator <coughs> that they just saw. So it'll give them some experience. Yeah, and they've got Jacksonville coming up on Sunday night football. Jacksonville's we just talked about uh, with Chris Pumbaka. They've been scuffling here last couple of weeks, losing to uh, Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns yesterday, which we'll get into in the one o'clock hour. If the playoffs started today, which they don't let's stress that as you're well aware of Ravens would be the number one seed. However, that could change tonight. If Miami beats Tennessee as expected, favored by 14 points here. Well, let me ask you this, Bob. How how do you how important you think it is for the Ravens to have the one seed? For the extra week off, I think it's very important from a health perspective. I'm not going back to 2019 and losing my freaking mind over that one. That no. was more that was basically they had two, three weeks off because they didn't play their starters in the season finale. Yep. So they missed that game, then the bye week. Then they came back from Tennessee, and they had a lot of self-inflicted damage in that game. So I'm not stressing about that at all. And I think Miami would much prefer, obviously, to have the game in South Florida than have to come here to Baltimore in an AFC championship game setting. Here, there is no if you're any warm weather team wants to stay in the warmth as much as they can, especially with what they do offensively. And, and I agree with you, Bob. I think for the Ravens. You know, to have the one seat, I think it'd be huge. Just because, all right, let's just say that they finish two. And right now, two and seven, you'd be um, playing Indy again at home. All right? And revenge game, too. Yeah, but the the thing that what I look at is, okay, what if, you know, like Kyle Hamilton gets hurt in that game? Or, you know, somebody gets hurt in that game that – Nobody's getting hurt if you got to buy. Mm-hmm. That's that's the big the one. You're in the we lost. Steve Young got hurt when we were playing Philly, and you know, and then we got to go to play Green Bay, who's got to buy, and you know, then we get blown out because Steve gets hurt again. So that that's the thing is is you stay totally healthy, and Harbs will do the buy total. You're not getting a week off mm-hmm. if you have the buy. Guys are going to be staying around or you may get a couple days you may get like a couple days but you're not getting that whole week because you're going to be back studying film working out and getting ready yeah we'll get into the playoff standings uh, in the next hour and we'll get to the phone here in a second but what it does look like for the first time since Patrick Mahomes became the starting quarterback for the Chiefs 
they're going to be playing a road playoff game because right now they're the three seed after losing last night. Controversy, but still a loss to Kansas City. Let's get out to the phones. Go to Antoine in Baltimore. Antoine, what is up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Great show today. Uh, thank, thank you, you, sir. Okay, so my thing is I know that Lamar and Mark have been, you know, tied at the hip since they both came in. But sometimes it looks like he, you know, I think it, does Mark have step plays for him? Because sometimes like he's on his own and it looks like the other players are just kind of like, I know, but yesterday, I don't know why we wanted to throw the ball so much yesterday. I, I have no idea for that. And defensively, Patrick Queen was just, he was doing pretty, did pretty good, but you know, he's had those games where he just disappeared. But I think the back end just disappeared. He disappeared. But you know what? Queen yeah, had five tackles. But I mean, you know, I was kind of concerned that they was running the ball and they was running directly at him and he was being pushed back. And it's like, that's not supposed to happen. Well, here's, here's what the problem was, was both he and Roquan. And the thing is, is, no inside linebacker can handle having a center and guard come free right at him. I mean, they're going to be outweighed by 70 pounds. That was the biggest problem there was your D tackles. Your D tackles are supposed to take two. When they're not taking two, linebackers are in trouble. And it showed in the stats. Roquan ended up still with 10 tackles, but Queen only had six. Right. And, and you know, um, yesterday was really the first time I actually saw our corners just look like they was just nowhere to be found. I mean, the one where the um, what's his name, Quarter and Malat looked like he was lost. It's like they looked lost. Well, you know what it looked guys. like to me was they weren't Thanks, going after one. Stevens. That's kind of the, they were going after everybody, but is kind of the way it looked to me. It's Vinny and Haney, one zero five seven. The fan. If you want to get in, you can four ten five eight three one zero five seven. You can join us for some NFL lunch if you choose to do that. We will get to the playoff standings as they sit here on this December eleventh. Then we'll look back at our picks for the weekend. College and pro was Army Navy was your college game that we chose, and then the NFL fun. I got a couple of right, but you know we'll elaborate later in the hour. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.